This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move further in our adventure in Acts with Moses Part 2, Moses Part 3, Tabernacle versus Temple, Stephen's Martyrdom and Prayer, and Philip Preaches in Samaria. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together, as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
with you. Merciful and eternal God, your holy apostles Peter and Paul received grace and strength to lay down their lives for the sake of your Son. Strengthen us by your Holy Spirit that we may confess your truth and at all times be ready to lay down our lives for him who laid down his life for us even Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle for the feast of St. Peter and St. Paul is from St. Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, chapter 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only God, Son of God, the God of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, the God of not made, in the one substance of the Father. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus is alone with his disciples. He had just completed an intense period of ministry in which he had healed the sick and fed the masses and had repeatedly been confronted by the Jewish leaders. And after all of this activity, the disciples and their weary rabbi retreat. They go to the north side of the Sea of Galilee, I'm sure, to get a little rest. You can probably relate to that after 11 days of pretty intense work yourselves. And yet when the disciples finally have this time alone with Jesus, they come to the realization that they forgot to pack 
food. They go into a, a bit of a panic. And in verse 7, just prior to today's reading, Jesus interrupts their anxious discussion by saying this, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? These 12 men had witnessed some of the greatest miracles in human history. They finally get free of the crowds to spend a little time with Jesus all by themselves. And they are worried they're not going to get supper. After everything they'd seen, after everything Jesus had done, they still didn't get it. Instead of the heroes of faith, we would expect these men were short-sighted and scared and selfish followers who lacked the faith of a simple child. And these are the men that Jesus addresses in today's gospel reading when he asks, who do people say? that I am. And this was probably a question the disciples could easily answer. The crowds that followed Jesus have had great debates about the identity of this miracle worker, and the disciples had no doubt their own ideas. So they quickly answered. Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others. Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then Jesus asks a question that completely turns the tables on the twelve. What about you? Who do you say that I am? Now Matthew doesn't record this, but I imagine there was a very awkward and awful silence following this question from Jesus. I used to be an English teacher, and when I would ask the class a question they didn't want to answer, the eyes would all go down to the ground. And that seems to me to be the case until Peter, in a bold stroke that split the silence, Peter spoke a great confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Today, as we mark the feast of St. Peter and St. Paul, there is a very real temptation to celebrate Peter to hold him up as a spiritual giant, as a role model for us to follow. But don't forget, Peter was the one who sank in the waves. 
And it was Peter who worried with the others about where they would get their next meal. And later, when faced with questions about his connection to Jesus, Peter swore up and down that he never even knew the man. This was no model of faith. This was no rock-solid believer. And yet, his confession was spot on. How can that be? It's because this life-saving, life-changing, life-giving confession of faith did not come from Peter's earnest heart or keen insight or strong will. No, this confession was the work of God. In his explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, Luther wrote, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. And Jesus affirms this truth with his response to Peter. He doesn't applaud Peter for his knowledge or his courage. And Jesus doesn't tell the rest of the disciples that they need to be more like Peter. No, instead, Jesus tells Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter was blessed, not because of anything he had done. Peter was blessed because to him God had revealed the Christ. Peter had made no contribution to this process. Instead, faith in Christ and the power to confess it had been given to Peter from the outside as a gift. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians when he writes, No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And in this great confession from Peter, the Father, through the Spirit, had planted faith in Peter's heart, and Peter could do nothing else than confess it. And this understanding is so incredibly important to us because, you see, there are plenty of times when you and I are not models of faith. In fact, for the vast majority of our lives, we would not consider ourselves rock-solid believers And truth be told, our lives are riddled with doubts and marked by moral failings. We are not the kind of people on which you would build anything, let alone the church. And yet to us, the Christ has been revealed. You see, God does it all. Your faith and the confession of your faith 
rest solely on God. In your baptism, the Father, through the Spirit, revealed the Christ to you in an intimate and personal way, one that surpasses understanding and, as Jesus said to Peter, today he also says to you, you are blessed because I have revealed myself to you. And today, in hearing this gospel, you are blessed. And today, in the body and blood of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, you are blessed. And no matter how shaky your faith may feel today, no matter how shamefully you have failed to live a Christian life, our rock, Jesus Christ, has died for you, and today your sins are forgiven. Today you are right with God. And you know what? He promises that heaven will be filled with once miserable, now forgiven sinners, just like Peter and just like us. The Christian faith is not about what is in your heart. It's about what's in God's. To put it another way, we don't look to ourselves for salvation. We look to Christ alone because in Christ Jesus, we see the heart of God. And upon this rock, Jesus told Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Today, you are blessed because the Father in heaven has revealed this gift to you. And today, you can rejoice in the rock of your salvation. Go with the peace of this promise that God has made to you today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. With our God is the fountain of life. Let us turn to him in confidence, asking him to hear our prayers on behalf of the church and the world. For the church, that throughout the world she may witness to the power of Christ's word, a word that calls the dead to life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For our nation and every nation, that our leaders would exhibit honesty and integrity as they lead us in the ways of truth and justice, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for those who serve in the medical arts, for doctors and nurses, and all those who care for the sick, for hospice workers and those who tend the dying, and for all who conduct medical research, that God would bless them in all their vocations and use their work to further a culture of life, let us pray to the Lord. 
For those affected by extreme heat, violent weather, and drought conditions, that God would protect those in harm's way and work all things for our preservation, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and suffering, the dying and the grieving, that God would speak the word that sustains the weary, bringing them the peace that passes all understanding, let us pray to the Lord. For the saints who have gone before us, especially remembering on this day the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, let us give thanks to the Lord. That God would grant us a share in their eternal joy, let us pray to the Lord. Gracious Father, the source of all life and the life that never ends, receive our prayers this day that we offer to you in the name of your beloved Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, 
for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You once proclaimed your saving promise through the prophets of Israel, and by the apostles and evangelists, you published the good news of your saving promise fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grant that we, being instructed in the doctrine of the blessed apostles and evangelists, may faithfully eat his body and drink his blood and declare his salvation to all the world. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and power, and glory. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and keep you from this day to life everlasting. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.